We're starting off with the killer jokes, man. <laughs> <laughs> It's just how we do. Did we start already? No, <laughs> I just love it. Like he's got a pen and paper. This is what I well, like. Case, I Professionalism. Think... Yeah, huh? this is what's that. missing from today's comics, right? They're not. They don't even. They're not. They don't even answer the questions we ask. No, we and we do ask questions, and they just oh. go right by them. Like, yeah, whatever, lady. We don't give a shit. Well, I, I will answer your questions. Ask me anything. <laughs> anything? Yeah. All right. Wow, I like it. Talking. He's open. We're doing it. The Comedy Store would like you to know that the views and opinions expressed on this podcast are strictly those of the speakers or authors and do not necessarily reflect or represent the views and opinions held by the Comedy Store and its affiliates. Well, welcome to the Comedy Store podcast. I'm Eleanor Kerrigan. This is Rick Ingram. Uh, and we have the great Bruce Baum with us tonight. Mr. Baum. I'm going to blush. You're going to blush. <laughs> I like to see men blush. You now match your shirt. There you I'm go. I'm excited about that. And I this. turn different colors. I'm a chameleon blusher. <laughs> Chameleon comedy is really an underrated form. Um, So this is exciting to have you, to be honest, because we love people love uh, the old stories from the comedy store, like the beginning. You know what I mean? Like back the seventies, eighties. They love all that. They like hearing when it wasn't uh, a bunch of fancy boys in skinny jeans, pretending they are humans. (laughs) Rick and I like hearing that too, because we don't like the skinny jeans, fancy boys. At all. That's two euro. It is. Two it's euro. Extremely, it's that's the euro, best way to describe it's it. It's euro comedy. We never needed that in this country. It's, and it's, it came. Isn't that why we got rid of them? That's what. I, that's why we came here yeah. in the first place, just to get away from skinny jeans. and Electronic and, music is to music as skinny jeans are to comedy. Exactly there you go. Right. Whoa. If I may. Great. May I? I think I just you, did. You did. You did. <laughs> it, fully accepted. <laughs> Completely accepted. So, wait. Okay. So, when did you start doing comedy? I, well, I started in college. Okay. I mean, I, I, I played football at UCLA for one year as Whoa. a freshman, and that got me into comedy. I, <laughs> I knew I wasn't going to be a pro. I made it as a walk-on, and okay. I transferred to UC Davis to, to play football more. But the day I got up there, I started doing comedy. There were no clubs. What I would do, and I had a cousin, we were a, a comedy team. Baum and Eston, which is how I started here. Oh, wow. We would run into the library and and strum a banjo and blow a horn. Oh, my God. And everybody would stop, and we would do two or three minutes of comedy and then run away. <sighs> and then we would write a letter to the paper saying, we're students trying to study in the library, and there's two guys that keep coming in and cracking jokes we can't study. <laughs> Your then own the publicity day- machine. Exactly. Yes! The day after that, we would write a letter from the Student Health Center saying there's Kids coming in with broken cheeks, and the only common denominator is that they've all been laughing really hard. <laughs> so there were no, whenever there was a captive, if there was a dining commons, we would come in, blow a horn, do a couple minutes, and run away. <laughs> and then we started getting hired like in bars. And I don't know how we did it, but we used to do like three different 45 minute sets. Holy shit. But it was all mugging and winking. You know, it was like oh, okay. take a song, change the lyrics, dance around. <laughs> <laughs> and then we, uh, after college, we, we came down here and we started working out in little clubs out in the Northridge area. And our first professional gig was at the Ice House in Pasadena before it was a comedy club. 
Oh, it's, what, what it's was still it? Like a folk club. The, the, yeah, right? we opened for Scatman Crothers. Do you know who Scatman Crothers is? Huh. You ever big see, fan? You no, ever I'm kidding. See, I don't know. Who well, he is. was a big time singer, like in the forties. Uh, oh, okay. And did you ever see The Shining? Yeah. The old black guy. Yes. That's Scatman Crothers. Wow. wow. So we opened for him. And uh, that was, uh, and, and George Miller happened to be in the audience. Actually, oh. he filled in for somebody else, saw us perform, and said, "Gee, you ought to audition at the Comedy Store." So we came over. It was the same night Dave Letterman auditioned, oh, wow. and we were both made. Uh, Bob and Eston and Letterman were made regulars right away. So <gasps> we started crew. playing. Uh, both the, uh, the original room and then Westwood opened up, which at one time was probably the hottest room in the country. Yeah, that's well, what you, Argus said too. Yeah, was that like seventy six that opened or seventy four? Yeah, it wasn't seventy four. I'm going to say somewhere between seventy six, seventy seven, something okay. like that. And then I went solo in seventy eight. Okay, we and, got rid of the other one. Well, he wanted to write more, <laughs> so he went on and he ended up writing on Taxi and Cheers and won an Emmy. So oh, amazing! It wasn't like it was uh, you yeah. dumped him, but he did. All right, right, so, <laughs> and we're still first cousins, so you know. Oh uh, wow! His name was Ken Eston. Our name's on the wall outside, Bob and Eston. Uh, Bob and Eston. Do you have your regular name? Bruce you know, Bob I don't as know. Well? I don't know. We're gonna have to I'll make that happen. I know if I've got it's my solo. There. I know I've got my solo picture uh, right out there. Yes, but uh, yeah, we. Uh, you know, a typical night back then, especially after I went solo. You know, there was like a month. I went on between Robin Williams and Richard Pryor. Oh, I was shit. like the mop rag between two orgasms. <laughs> you know? Good thing you were wearing a diaper. Yeah, yeah. You could clean it up. Which, by the way, I'm back down to diaper weight again. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> but yeah, those those were you know those were just great days. You know, we're just hanging, and a, a typical bill would be Gallagher, Leno, Letterman, Mule Deer. Prior than myself, Howie Mandel, and nobody, you know, it's only one or two guys had a name back then, so it was like, yeah, I mean, people, you Killers could, Row now, but yeah, back yeah. then it was. Just, well, you drive down, you know, uh, the strip in Las Vegas, and it's all the guys that were playing the Comedy Store in the seventies and eighties, right? Yes, and same with movies. I mean, there's not one facet of comedy that hasn't been touched by the store, whether it's film or oh, definitely or TV. Podcasts. Podcasts now. See yeah. that? If I may. We may got, I? We got, I just did it again. Yeah, no, I love this. I love the, uh, this is amazing. If I may, may I? I just did. It's great. I mean, so many of the, the most popular podcasts are comedy store guys. Oh, Rogan yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Mark Marin. Mark Marin, Rogan. Have you done uh, Marin's podcast? No, I'd like to do that. I yeah, you should do that, too. Uh, I'll get a hold of him. I'll grab him by his throat. Okay. Uh, <laughs> he did ours we, because we forced him to. <laughs> he, he kept trying to leave the whole he time. He did. He kept trying to leave, but we I'll got him. There might be a better place for you to grab him if you want to do the show. Where's that? Oh, okay. Uh, maybe his nose. <laughs> you got it. You got it. <laughs> got, he does have a nice nose. I'll pull it. That got weird. All right, uh, but so you, you came here. So that uh, what year was that? Can I? That was, is that a weird question? We started playing here probably late seventy five, early seventy six. Oh, okay, so it was already going the comedy store, right. and the Ice House wasn't a club at that. No, point? it was. Uh, they would have uh, stand ups would like open the show, but they would have you know singers. Uh, 
and, and magicians. It wasn't a comedy yeah, club. Yeah, because Bursky, what was the other club that Bursky was talking about? Not the Ice House, but another one over here, maybe the Troubadour. The Troubadour, the yeah. Troubadour. Was a comedy club. No, it, it wasn't. It was no. a full, also a full club. It was just a full comedy, club. Yeah. Uh, yeah. As a matter of fact, I started out as a singer-songwriter. Okay. And I've had a couple novelty hits. People may remember Marty Feldman Eyes, and I also had... Uh, <laughs> That's what I have, uh, so I love that. And I also did uh, Don't You Wish Your Boyfriend Was Bald Like Me. <laughs> And uh, <laughs> and Coward Fornication, and I've also That's got amazing. and I've got one with my band Noggin Blast. We uh, it's called Don't Drive. It, it rocks. It's all the things you shouldn't do while you're driving. It's on my website at bluesbomb.com. <laughs> and the sax player is Scotty Page from Pink Floyd and Toto. And uh, we got Burley Drummond from Ambrosia. Oh drums. wow! So. Uh, I don't well, know why. Where was I going with that? I don't know. Our, we got a little static in the uh, the headphones. audio's going I don't weird. Know. Is everything okay, Josh? We were talking music instead of comedy. It's oh, it's all good. Yeah. No, maybe I'm folk singers or you know what oh, we're so, going to have so, on oh, next. Yeah. I started out as a singer songwriter. That's where. We oh were. right, right, right. And uh, the troubadour used to have a thing on Monday night called Hootenanny Night, which shows you how long ago it was. They were still using the word Hootenanny. <laughs> <laughs> so, but it was their Monday night. You open mic for singers. Okay. And the first three, they had their regulars who got on, but the first three people in line got to go up and do a couple songs. I would get there at six in the morning and sleep on my in my sleeping bag on Sun, on Santa Monica Boulevard oh, wow. all day. Nobody else showed up till three or four, <laughs> but I wanted to make sure. Dedication, I got on. though. So that was how I started. As a matter of fact, what got me into comedy, I was playing a place in in the, the valley. It was. Uh, place called i think it was called the uh whole it was a, a big place where you could sell people had little kiosks it was back okay. in the 70s or it was hippie-esque right. and they had a thing called the gert earth cafe where it was all natural foods oh yeah isn't that still around it's a different it's earth, not, there's earth cafe but okay. it's yeah not but there's the also thing. a good earth, it's a but corporate it's not the, thing, yeah. yeah but this wasn't a corporate thing right not unless it. the guy that had the little one went corporate right but i was doing uh, one of my songs, there was maybe seven people in the audience and two dogs, and this is honest. That's amazing. Two dogs walked in in front of me and started getting it on. They actually got tied. You know what getting tied is with dogs? No. When they're having sex and they're, they're actually rear end to rear end, they 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 unite. Are they doing it wrong or is that no, right? not to them. <laughs> okay. I don't okay. think we're capable of that. <laughs> <laughs> So they started doing that right in front of me. And I said, this really ticks me off because they know they're not on until after the juggler. Oh. And that got a laugh and I kind of like a light bulb went off. I went, wow, you know, a song takes like three minutes and you get this. Right. And that was a quick line and boom. So Oh, immediate gratification. Yeah, so Look at I, you ahead of your time. Well, the, I, the brain starts pumping all sorts so of endorphins. I, I kind of moved to comedy. And so uh, that was kind of what got me into that. Wow. That's amazing. What a... Uh, yeah, I know, right? Like, how would you even think of it? When you got here... Dogs fucking is responsible. Right. Yeah. Dogs fucking responsible. Were they, why I Did love they dogs. have condoms on? I mean... <laughs> I'm still figuring out the ass to ass. Cause yeah, me too. I, Bobby Lee I don't mean to say me too, but yes. Google me. it. It's called, when they, it's called getting tied, when the dogs okay. get tied. Does Bobby Lee has a joke about well, getting a, tied? He has a joke about... I, something. He's talking about watching a TV show or something, people with Down syndrome, and how they got married. And how they oh. cut it off when they go, they close the door at the honeymoon, and then he's mad because he wants to know what they're doing. 
<laughs> and then he says some reference like, who knows, maybe they have new ways that we've never thought of. Like, they go butt to butt. Hmm. But See now that? I know it's an actual, it's a thing in the animal universe, and I'm thinking maybe Bobby's on to something. Yeah, maybe Bobby's watching Animal Planet exactly and then just right. making it. With <laughs> Turning it into human act. The Animal Planet is what National Geographic was for us. Exactly, up. yeah. But now they have like, I mean, we had just pictures. Now they actually have a channel, don't they? Yes, they do. Right? Yeah. Like National Geographic has a channel too, right? Yep. Okay. They all do. I feel like everything is a channel, and I'm not on any of them. So me neither. Me neither. <laughs> Nine hundred uh, channels that don't want us. That's amazing. See, th- th- that was the thing for you guys back then. There was only, I don't know, four or five stations. Yeah. So if you got on television, that was everyone saw you mm-hmm. for the most part. If you could afford a TV. Right. I guess you would have to deal with that kind of nonsense too. Yeah. But how was it so hard to get on TV? Because we were talking earlier about make me laugh and all that stuff. Right. Well, you, you back in those days, you would you know have a talent coordinator come out and see you at from the a show. Store. Right. Right. And you would have a showcase, and there was a buzz about that that night. And you know there were nights where they didn't show up, and you got really bummed out. And of course. I'll tell you a story. This is and it's in one of these comedy books. Okay. And I. I'm sure that Tom Dreesen is the one they went to because it's told exactly right. It was, <laughs> it was a night that uh, Billy Crystal and Tom Dreesen and Bob and Eston were auditioning for The Tonight Show. Okay. And we get here for the audition, and every big wig in Hollywood is standing out front. And this is just in the original room, In the right? original Not, room. The main room wasn't here yet. I don't believe it was there. But I, I mean, it was there, it was but she didn't buy it. Right, right, right. So it was... Uh, now, Billy Crystal was was being uh, represented by Rollins and Joffe, who at the time had Woody Allen, uh, a couple other. But they it wasn't like now where people have 20 or 30 comics. Right. They had four or five of the, of the best. The top Robert people. Klein, I think. So we're here. We see every – I won't even say the names because they don't mean anything to anybody nowadays. Okay. Oh, but every big – you know, the Norman Lears and the – Oh, Albert, that's all those a people, huge – yeah. All those kind of people were out front of the comedy store and we were jazzed. Oh, my God. But what had happened was they bought out the front half of the comedy store. So oh, they kept everybody outside until Billy Crystal went on. So Bob and Eston went on and Tom Dreesen went on to half a crowd, and they were all in the back. So there was nobody in the front. And, uh, so if and, you did crowd work, you were... Well, if you did any kind of work... You, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're right, you're right. That is an it odd... It was a setup. I learned that night, if it's not right, don't do it, you know? Right. Yeah. But you, you, and back in those days, it was, oh, boy, I got to go on. So, you know, wow. we went on, didn't, you know, did what you'd expect. Same with Tom. And then they stopped the show and everybody filed in and Billy Crystal went on and did his set. Then they had everybody file out so they had nobody to compare Billy Crystal to. And he ended up getting The Tonight Show and Tom eventually did and I went solo and did almost everything but The Tonight Show. But Are you kidding? You didn't do The Tonight no, Show? I, well, I, no, I did... Uh, you know, Merv Griffin and Mike oh, okay. Douglas and all yeah, those Yeah, because I feel ones. like there's a picture, a great picture of you. Uh, I thought it was um, on The Tonight Show, but it's probably Merv Griffin now that I think of it. Like, but or it's you. Cineo or, you know, there's a bunch of, I mean, I did. A- you see the desk and everything behind, but I can't remember. I just assumed it was Johnny Carson. Like, I just, and you're on stage doing a big thing, but it's a great picture of you, a great shot. It's uh, in one of the hallways here oh, somewhere. Wow. Yeah. Uh, so I, I just assumed you were on there. Might have been for Make Me Laugh. 
Oh, been. maybe. Maybe. Oh, I forgot about that. I'll have that. to go look for the picture and see. Yeah, I'll I'll show you because I, I I always look at it. I'm like, oh, this is such a great picture, and I'm like, God, everybody did the Tonight Show. Oh, wow. <laughs> and there, I I put you on there. Sorry about well, that. So in my eyes, you did the Tonight Show. Well, to you, I did it, and I'm very excited <laughs> about it. And I I hope you enjoyed my set. You killed. <laughs> I, you killed. I felt it. I just tell people that I did Johnny Carson. Now. That's so smart. Not the show, just Johnny. John, hey. Just Johnny. Hiyo, yay. I, I fucked Johnny. It was Burbank. It was uh, in a parking lot at a mall. Okay. But, you technically, know, you, me too. <laughs> technically, you did do uh, Johnny Carr. I mean, if you, your alter ego, Argus. Well, my alter ego, Argus, <laughs> he was Johnny Carson in That's a lot true. of ways. <laughs> That's true. I used to, I used to uh, have a drinking problem. And uh, in those days, I just walked around the comedy store drunk uh, pretending I was Argus before he went sober. <laughs> and uh, it, it started out as a sober impression, and then Johnny Carson died, and then never again was my impression sober. Uh. From that day on, it was just drunk and high and walking around <laughs> telling stories. Doing thunder bumps with Kippadada. We were at Marky Post's birthday party, and a, a young John Larroquette came over, slapped me on the ass. <laughs> And Argus hates every second of it. He does. He, will, he did the podcast and he was like, please don't do the improv. I heard it's great, but don't do it. I just like, don't want to hear it. Yeah. It's a kick to see Argus still here. Oh, yeah, right? I mean, he he never left. No, no he no. didn't. Like, I started. In, he gets less spots now. Yes. But does he? Well, yeah, he doesn't have skinny jeans. He used to get. Uh, he used to. He used to be here six nights a week. Yeah, when I was Mitzi's assistant, we had the lineups out. We'd have like you know Monday through uh, sun, Sunday was potluck that night, so it was Monday through Saturday, and we I'd have the lineups out, and we put nine fifteen. We just put Argus's name across, no matter what, yeah. nothing changed, and that was. It wasn't until like two years ago when comedy really started booming again, and Adam just needed the. Well, we just, just yeah. Needed the we, 15 minutes because Kevin Nealon was going to be here. Or, or David Spade yeah. or something like that. Like, it's a just a little name. different yeah. now. It is, it's a completely different club, but uh, it still has the same energy to an extent. Like, there's still those great come up guys right. and girls that are like, have, are working up through the, like, our door guys and girls that are working here we have a bartender that's phenomenal she's like one of the top that all the door guys was just blow you away last night they were well short. let's let's not get crazy all not the all of guys, them okay maybe not all of them there's a they, handful of them there's that, are a, good. that are really good though sure. like uncomfortably good where you're like shit like last night we were short like uh, comics were running late or you know must have been doing multiple spots the main room was a benefit it was jam-packed jam-packed and nobody was here so they put one of the doors matt lachlan up he annihilated that room i was like oh my god like in the middle of the show i mean granted he didn't follow the strongest comic i but don't even know who that is matt the tall guy from la jolla he's great oh okay. yeah yeah See, i think it'll be a funny. great special i like to do this sometimes a show called the doormen made it see because there's so many to become huge managers your dave right. becky's rick messina Wait, they Dave were, Becky worked here? No, they worked in New York. Uh, uh, Dave well, Becky was New York, right? Well, Messina, no, definitely well, New actually, York. Actually, you'd have to go with not just a comedy store because Becky was he was the um, the manager of the San Diego Improv That's a few it. years ago. Okay. Oh, okay. 
But I mean, you know, Sam but Kinison, Ms. Yeah. Dave, you know, Dave wasn't really a doorman, but you know, there's so many guys that went into management and writing Steve Sharippa. Yeah. Steve I know Sharippa really well from the Riviera. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he was a doorman that I, went on to become a talent coordinator that went on become an actor. He got, his, he got his union card. Uh, you know, I used to, I was, I was, uh, comic strip live and Sunday comics. I did a sketch every week, either okay. live or a video piece. And I, where got, was that filmed here? In L.A.? Yeah, or, it was okay. on Fox. Yeah. Oh, nice. This Comic strip back, live. It was like 1989, 90, 91. Okay. And then we went primetime with Sunday Comics. So I was on every week either with a live sketch. And I did uh, America's Funniest People for two years, too, doing live sketches. Oh, that's and I great. And I used Steve in a lot of these things. The first time I used him was in a piece called Chia Man. And... I wanted to use he him. Is and Harry. He, he, and he, I was the Chia man. Oh, you're the Chia <laughs> he man. The okay. He was the villain. <laughs> but he, uh, you know, the, the executives at Fox said, you, you got to use somebody from the union, you know. And I go, well, this guy, anybody I get, I'm going to have to have them talk like him. I mean, he right. talks like. You know, That's how he talks. Yeah. So uh, they said no. I used him anyway. Oh. And they loved it. So I started using my other sketches and. Then he started going out for other parts, and yeah. I would read with him, and next thing, Casino, and then Sopranos, and yeah, so Steve and I go way, I way. I haven't him. seen him in a little while, but we used to talk four or five times a week. Yeah, he's doing great. He's on that new show. Well, Blue Bloods. Yeah, it's not yeah. new, but it's right. relatively new. Blue Bloods is, is on- Is that the Tom Selleck show? Yes. Okay. Yes. My mom watches that, and I'm like, Dove Davidoff is on it, too. Dove was a comic- here for a while he he's back in new york but he's on there and sharippa so i'm sure they know each other sharippa used to book us at the rip did you ever work the rip no it was before my oh, time. It was, uh you the, weren't the in people that group. were still doing it then but you weren't in that group i sent i sent uh no. caparillo uh easy and ari shafir they were both banned for life so perfect <laughs> steve was pissed yeah I'm, I'm, i don't know what they did but they got banned for life from the Riviera. If he doesn't hear anything about you, that's fine. Yes. If he hears anything, you're done. You're done. Yeah. <laughs> he, I, I used to talk about Harris Pete. He would always book Harris Pete. And I would go, oh, how does Harris do? And this was, I wasn't doing stand-up. We were just friends. So I was like, oh, how does Harris do? He goes, well, I'd go down there if I wanted to do my taxes because it's nice and quiet when he's on. <laughs> I like, oh, Ouch. <laughs> I saw someone come in and want to do a guest set. He goes, okay, you can go on. You do five minutes. That doesn't mean five minutes in one second, and that doesn't mean four minutes in 99 seconds. <laughs> and you know what the fuck I mean. He did it to everybody. <laughs> he did it to everybody. He did it to Stanhope. He used to scream at Stanhope. You go one minute over your time, and I come up there. <laughs> Stanhope's this little skinny, nervous guy. He's He was crazy. And now I remember my friend Lauren opened for you at the Riviera long time ago she was a terrible comic wow uh, <laughs> lauren who uh well i'd rather not say her last name okay. but she uh she used to work here for a long time and she was a waitress that turned comic I re okay a little manhattan girl uh, i don't remember the act but i do remember steve going look because, and it, <laughs> doing it was, a favor for somebody this week i was so She's pissed <laughs> and, and the thing that but, happened but it was that description She's yes a waitress and, <laughs> it was i was furious because he gave us a room 
him and my first ex fiance were very cute. I'm, are very close. Like so. <laughs> but when they were together, they were very, they, they were cute. They were cute when they were together. When they would scamper we around the Riviera. Uh, but yeah, no, they were so uh, close. And I, when me and my ex split up, me and Sharippa, I got Sharippa in the deal. <laughs> so uh, Sharippa and I stayed good friends. And he got us rooms. Like he would give me comp rooms. Yeah. And he always took care of me. He was great. And I wasn't a comic, so he liked me even more because you're I not knew, trying to get it. What well, were yeah. you that you weren't a comic? I was I was just a waitress and I was uh, Mitzi's not assistant. Just, not well, just, you were a waitress. <laughs> yeah, and I was Mitzi's assistant for a long time, so we were very close. And Mitzi used to curse Sharip out all the time. Anyway. <laughs> really? Yeah, she, whatever, because Polly did some stuff there and she's oh, like, he right. put me in a fucking Murphy bed. And I'm like, no, he didn't. That's how the beds are at the Riviera. Like, they're not special. But whatever. So we went, um, me, my friend Lauren, and our other friend Anna, and we were sitting in Sharippa's office, and Lauren's like, oh, I'm a comic. And he's like, you are? And he's like, Eleanor, is she a comic? And I'm like, she's new. And he goes, Eleanor just said you're not funny. <laughs> and I was like, shit. And then he goes, uh, I was like, Steve, I'm just, you know, she's brand new. Like, she's new. And and I was extremely honest about I still am about comics. I don't you gotta be. congratulate. I don't bullshit people. If I'm not a fan, I'm not a fan. And so um, I, I was very direct with Steve. So we went, he goes, all right, I'll book you because she sold herself in that room. She kept going after it. We went downstairs. She called her mother to tell her mom that um, she was working in Vegas. The other girl called her husband to say, I can't wait to come home. And I called Sharippa and was like, you do not have to book her. Let me tell you something. I love her, but she, she does not have two minutes, let alone 10. I think it was 10 minutes, the opening, or maybe 15. I, remember, I, I don't oh, remember her act. I don't awful. remember what she looked like, but I do remember Steve telling me. It's because you blocked it out. There's a it charity. I'm a pretty easy guy to get along with, though. I don't, unless somebody's Yeah, she's, she said off. you were very nice to her. And I remember, like, oh, thank God. You know, because I love her, and I didn't want her to get hurt, but at the same time, I can't lie to you if you're not. Is she still doing stand-up? Oh, no. We got her to quit. <laughs> Immediately. Smart. Those are the Immediately. smartest people, I think. Yeah, and Every she is a I... brilliant... She's a, you know, she helps her husband. She's a producer. She does all kinds of stuff. They put uh, TV shows on the web. Like, she's, you know, she's very smart. Business. Every time I meet a comic who wasn't good at comedy and they quit, I'm always like, can you talk to the rest of the people in L.A.? <laughs> I remember there was a guy who came out here. Uh, I started comedy in Kansas City, and this guy was an open micer with me there. And I moved out here, and I was on the road with Pauly, and this guy called me and said, hey, I just moved to L.A. Can you get me on at the open mic? So I actually remember I called Eleanor, and I said, hey, can you get him on the open mic? And she put him on. And uh, I came back, like, you know, on Monday or Tuesday or whatever, and I was like, hey, so did my friend show up? She was like, yeah, he was fucking terrible. <laughs> And I was like, all right. And, and I remember him not being good, but I just was like, oh, whatever. Back then, there was like a lot of homeless people on the open mic. Oh, yeah, so yeah. So for, for you to stand out is terrible. <laughs> so then I, I didn't see him for a couple of months. He obviously was like, I can't show my face at the comedy store. And then I saw him maybe a year later and I said, hey, what's up, man? How's comedy? He said, man, I quit. I went, I'm going back to college. Oh, and I was God. like, that's brilliant. Because I didn't know how I was going to be like, yeah, sorry, you're 
not welcome here. I don't yeah, because some people just stick with it and then not, they don't get it. You know what I mean? Yeah. They never click. And I feel like back then you guys would weed them out faster, maybe. Yeah, and what, what was uh, odd, and we didn't know it then, is, you know, you look around and you go, oh, we're all going to be stand-ups forever. You know, nobody's going to drop out. Nobody's going right. to. But it starts happening, you know. What happened to so-and-so? And then jobs came up that we never, you know, writing on TV shows, directing. Yeah. You know, showrunner. Showrunner. Yeah. Those, Lots of showrunners. Which runners. was not like nobody started doing stand-up to do that. To get into that, right. And yet it ended up happening. And you start making a couple hundred thousand dollars and you're like, I don't know that I need to go do five minutes at one thirty in the morning. Yeah. I heard a great... Did you know Tom Wilson? Was oh, yeah. he? Okay. Tom yeah. Wilson. From um, uh, Back to the Future. Right. That sure. Biff, yeah. Biff, yeah. Went to his wedding. So, oh, you did? Yeah. He's the sweetest because I toured with Dice and him and Dice and Harry Basil are still all good friends and stuff. So they all still talk. But I heard a great story about him that he knew Back to the Future 2 was going to happen. And he did his last spot here at the comedy store and he didn't tell anybody it was going to be his last spot but when he you know knew he had back to the future two coming out he was like all right financially i'll be all right and i could still do the road and he, he came in did his spot and then he left and he never came back again because of all the nonsense you know what i mean like uh -huh. fighting for spots and it's just, is it worth it is it not worth it you know what i mean and he just like walked away like never came back here and not because he didn't like anybody here. He just thought, you know what? I'm going to do the right. road and I'll work when I want. Well, I know he came back once because I remember people sharing a video of him holding a handkerchief in the parking lot. And he tells a story about how Richard Pryor needed, oh. needed a, a napkin while he was on stage. And so Tom ran up and gave him a napkin, like a cloth napkin. He wiped his face off and then threw it back to him. And he said he, he kept it. Like Jesus. Yeah. yeah. So he had <laughs> he'll be stuff. able to clone him someday yeah. when the oh, technology's smart. there. He'll be able to, we're going to have to get to bed. But did he to, perform? No, no. I okay, don't, yeah, because that's yeah. what he was saying. Like, he never – and I was like, oh, that's an interesting, like, decision to make. You uh -huh. know what I mean? Like, you, we were talking about, like, I don't remember you performing here all the years I've been here because you just went on to be a superstar and work the road yeah. and do all <laughs> – the stuff you were doing, right? Like, <laughs> you're Bruce Baum. You're not, you're well, big I, time. <laughs> I, I just try to be a guy. Anything extra is gravy. Anything extra is gravy. <laughs> Wait, uh, you were talking about Make Me Laugh. Now, um, were you a regular on that oh, show? Oh, yeah. I did. Uh, I, I, I'm going to blush when I say this. Somebody uh, else again, should be saying guys. this. I'll pretend I'm somebody else. Oh, Bruce did more episodes of Make Me Laugh than anybody. <laughs> Yes. Why did you have to go and say that? That's Why so embarrassing that they it's would do so that. It's so embarrassing. <laughs> but they saw me at the I comedy like store in Westwood. <laughs> uh, so they saw, saw you here at the Westwood Comedy Store. Oh wow! So what uh, was Westwood like? It, it was unbelievable. Yeah, people tell stories. The very first night I ever did Baby Man was oh, okay. was at the uh, Westwood comedy store and sissy spacek and piper laurie were in the crowd it was right oh, wow. after carrie came out and uh, it was insane when i because i used to get in this large orange bag and come out and be in the diapers yeah and that uh what, the what, place exploded what, i mean it was like i had no idea what was going to happen what started the uh the baby man thing I wanted to do a superhero yeah. and was trying to think of something that would look funny on stage. So the first thing that happened, I f well, let's try Baby Man, see how that goes. So I did it and spawned a comic book. And 
Wow, you so, made a comic book yeah, of Baby Man. I should have brought Man. it with me. Yes, I've got a Baby Man, Adventures of Baby Man comic book titled Born to be Raised. <laughs> I actually did the movie, too. I did a very low-budget movie. It's got Shanling and George Carlin and wow. Saget. I mean, everybody's wow. in it. Robert Wall, Kevin Pollock in his first screen performance. Pollock's first? Yeah. Kevin Pollock's in it? Yeah. Okay, I'm doing a pilot with him this week, and I'm very excited. Oh, tell him yeah. I said hi. Yes. Uh, but it, was he here doing all those shows back in the day, too? No, no, like, no, no. This was his first thing he got. Oh, okay, because he, he, he was something think, he was cast in by yeah, you. Yeah, okay. I think he was out of San Francisco or had just moved down here. Okay. So... Yeah, they're they're actually saying I might be next in the. Oh. So they're gonna. You got whatever. a main room spot? I do, but not till eleven. But I guess everybody's running late. To this this is a weird week. Yeah, everybody's running. It's pretty late. full in there. In the main room? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's the. Um, I saw it's surprise. It's actually not that full for the comedy store. Right I, now? I walked in and this there's the sides were still closed. The back wasn't oh, filled, but right. it was only like. 15 minutes in, I walked up to the door guy and I go, well, I guess the boom's over. Uh, <laughs> that's funny. Well, it was said, filling, I was sitting in the back and it yeah, was filling up. That's what he good. said. He said, there's still a line of people. And I go, no, oh, I this hope should be so. full by now. I hope so. We're spoiled now. <laughs> I hope so. The crowds are crazy these days. It's so, it's so true. Like last night, it was jam-packed in the main room and I'm like, damn, this is a benefit. So I'm not getting well, paid. <laughs> so, oh, that sucks. Like this isn't benefiting me. I'm still mad I didn't get paid for that Barbara Boxer Show oh I wow! Did. Oh really? Oh, because it was a benefit. Yeah. So we're like, oh, it's a Chris Spencer show, so he'll get paid. I'm like, sweet. And then they're like, no, no one's getting paid. I'm like, what? Barbara Boxer? Who <laughs> no gives, one's ever. She's not paid. even a politician anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so wait, baby, ma'am, did you, did you write a? I mean, you said you had a show. They shot a movie. Okay. And the comic book kind of goes along with the movie. Right. So yeah, baby man, uh, he can taste trouble in the air. <laughs> and, uh, I remember when I was a door guy There's a headshot of you In the diaper And I remember I think I was talking to Harris And I'm like Why is this guy in a diaper and, and he was like You don't know shit about comedy And I was just like Oh okay I guess you're right I don't That doesn't That's answer Harris. my question But did he answer? He didn't answer you. No, he didn't. He just gave me a quick. Basically, I'm a piece of shit for asking a question of him. Yeah. Of course, of course. I think Argus then was like, "That's Bruce, baby man, Bob." Like, oh, okay. <laughs> That's Bruce, baby man, Bob. That I, I makes mean, perfect sense. I'll tell you a funny story. When when you know, when when Make Me Laugh came on and, and there was a road all of a sudden, you'd go out for like four or five weeks at a time. Okay. And I had a daughter back then who was about one and a half or two. I'm there right now. Oh, yeah. well, then maybe this will happen to you. <gasps> I was out. I would go out on the road, and when I went on the road, my wife's brother would stay over the house because I wanted to make sure you know she was taking sure. care of it. So there's a night. This is the story I hear from them. It's about midnight, and Scott, her brother, is in the living room and just cuts a big fart. Okay. And my daughter from her bedroom goes, Daddy's home. <laughs> 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 oh, that's beautiful. That's perfect. <laughs> so, she knows when daddy comes in yeah, and what's I, it like. To this day, I let the kids know when I'm home. There you go. Every time you come in. How many kids do you have? I got two. Two kids. And they're not nice. living at home. So I, I said that one's uh, 39 and one's 36. Wow. Okay. And uh, so do they live in California? Yeah. They live, yeah. Okay. Did I, you, are you from California? Yeah. I'm Excellent. Born and raised. Nice. Uh, Southern Cal. 
Interesting. So from here to here, where I was at UC Davis. Okay. <laughs> and that, and that's, that's that's what what uh, east of San Jose is that right? It's, UC Davis, yeah, or it's Sacramento, just above or Sacramento, about twenty miles from Sacramento. Okay, fifteen oh, okay. twenty miles. That's a nice. I can never I can never remember where all the UC schools are, but. It was great. It was a, a great time. Everybody rode bikes up there. They're very few. back then. Now everybody still rides bikes, so it's the city of bikes. Yeah. Um, but I, you know, I love it bikes. was it was a great great time. You know, I, I was kind of starting doing comedy, and everybody else at Davis was either in veterinarian or medical. I was a political science. I was a fucking goof off. You know, I right? Was, so. Is political science a goof off? Well, it is when everybody else is doing pre med. Oh. You know, and they're sitting there trying to figure <laughs> oh, out okay, I get body it. parts, and I got to, you know, remember like when they fought. You know? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm like a theater major, so well, a- start- anything's above that. Well, you know what? I Towards the end of college, I, I wanted to take some theater classes. Okay. And I actually ended up going to uh, graduate school and earning an MFA in film at UCLA. But my first film class was at UC Davis, and we had an instructor who on the first day showed his film to, I guess, give himself his, his <laughs> Let everyone cred. know, yeah. Right. Fifth, it was a half-hour film, 15 minutes of him dragging a chair up a hill in oh one master God. shot, and then 15 minutes going down the other side. Oh, my God. Uh, and I'm sitting there going, this is... And everybody else is finding meaning in it. Yeah. So, sure. So my student films made fun of that kind of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> As it should. Yeah. It's I only did, right. I did like a, a Rosie Crucians. You know who they are? It's like a – you don't really don't hear about them now. Back then I would say it was a cross between the Hare Krishnas oh, and – Oh, wow. Okay. So I did a thing. I never heard of it. Have you heard of him? No, when he said, I'm like, is that like a Hare Krishna? Yeah, it's kind of like that. So I did a thing where, you know, join now. And I had a guy sitting in the park with a caftan. And if you join now, you receive absolutely free. And then I did a whole bunch of a pair of Cuddle Snippos. And they were like scissors. Yeah. I was like, just. And when I showed mine, you know, it was to silence. I was going to say, do people laugh or get like. What is this guy's not taking it seriously? No, they were, you know. Yeah, I pretentious a, film right. students. So yeah, I what, didn't care. What year was that? That was uh, 74. You would think people would be a little looser. In the 70s, not, I thought the 70s no, well, but were kind of... Not for but they were in so, it. Yeah, if, if I had oh, done yeah, something where you... You know, everybody else was doing films where they're cutting off their fingers and blood's coming out. And, yeah. and I Showing their artistic integrity. <clears throat> And now when I was at UCLA, I did straight out comedy. My student films had Robin Williams and David Letterman. Oh my God, and that's Altman. amazing! So when I would show my student films in grad school, they, they were very well it. received, and they were going, "This is like real comedy," and nobody was known back then. So it was right. like it was. I was using all my friends from the comedy store. So it sure, was, it's it, just all your buddies. So it was. Uh, I still got those, but. Uh, that's yeah. amazing. Yeah, it was. It was. Were well, they full? No, not features. They were just shorts. Yeah, like I did. Little... One was about twenty minutes. It was two different twenty minute. One was like a, a vignette show, and the other one was. A, oh, okay. Was like a little film that had somewhat of a plot. That's so cool, though. <laughs> Could you imagine that? Like, I mean, we did that 
to an extent. Like certain people would be in certain like web series we try to sell, and then that person would become a celebrity and just move on. Like, yeah, I'm not doing your little web series anymore. And I'm like, shit. Uh, like Leslie Jones did uh, Danish and O'Neill's. For Steve Renazizi, what was his called? Uh, Daddy. Daddy knows best. Daddy knows best. And it was like Leslie Jones, and well, even Renazizi took off from that, but he was, he our, was already kind of up. Yeah, I was gonna say that, uh, this it was, was more of a help for. Yeah, I think that was just him, like, hey, I'm gonna do my own thing since I'm one of eight people on the league. Exactly. Or it was. Yeah, he was already on a show and then doing a web series, but a few people in the web series kind of. Sprouted out. Well, if I may, yes. I think I'm going to. I hope so. I, I have a website. You just did. Where, I did. I'm, I'm in the middle of doing it. You have a website? I have a website with a lot of sketches that I've done. Uh, oh, that's great. And it's laugharoo.com. Okay. L A U G H A R O O. Okay. Laugharoo.com. And it's got a lot of funny sketches on it. And there's like, God. 40, 50 episodes. Oh, so wow. If you get a chance, oh, so you're still doing that. This is amazing. Yeah, I green light myself. I don't Good wait for, for anybody to green light me. That's well, my that's... buddy Mark always. He'll, he'll call me and say, Yeah, I've got this idea for a skit. And it's always the worst idea ever. And he goes, So just give me a call back when we get a green light. <laughs> like, who, who, who's, who am I supposed to get to green light it? I don't know. Dalia. If Dalia says no, we'll figure it out. <laughs> Dalia. Like, always yeah. just so random. No, I just shot one the, about two weeks ago. I had one that's up now. It's uh, one one five 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 ball talk. You can call and talk to a bald man. You know, okay. like those sexy girls late at night. Sure. Yeah. Only these are bald men. Very attractive. This is bald and men. So Mark I like might, that. Mark a, might like this one. That's <laughs> this Mark's is, a bald. As this it is says. all Mark. Now that's on. If you go to laughroo.com, that's the one that's up there right now. And you go to the archives, you can go see all the other ones. But that's the one that comes up. Well, I shot another piece that'll be on. Where they bust the place that these guys that are talking on the phone have hair. So there's a consumer advocate. <laughs> the monsters. Bust in on them and You're these not a guys bald. have hair. You know, so. That's why he has such personality. He has hair. Exactly Damn it. Right. That's great. That's so awesome. So, yeah, I shoot my own. And then there's a bunch of them that I did for the networks on, on LaughRue.com and then I did it at Fox and ABC. So Okay. Because see, that's what the website or web does is basically green light yourself Arc- like oh, you're yeah. saying yeah like you can put it out there but it's amazing you can spend all the time it's just a matter of getting get a, traction yeah that, that's where you go traffic, you, you know you yeah. can get a, a good amount but yeah. someone else shows you how to put on eye makeup and they got five million hits oh i yep. know a trust cat, me cat falls off a tv four million hits the, but the cats go, are so talented these days that's, that's the so problem true. but the amazing thing is people will get eight ten million hits but nobody remembers their name you couldn't right you know I, well part of what uh, disturbs me now is uh on the the occasions when i try and get any sort of road work and they say, you know, sorry, you don't have enough Twitter followers or, you know, you don't have enough uh, credits to where we want to book you. And then I look at the lineups they have coming up in the following months. And I'm like, who the fuck are these people? Yeah. And I go, who's that? And they go, oh, he's got a huge YouTube following. And then you watch his videos. and They're not even slightly funny. But no. they have, you know, 8 million hits. That's so. what I don't, you know. 
I don't know. I don't know what it's going to do. I mean, it's it'll ruin comedy because these people are being booked as comics. Yeah. Well, headliners. hopefully it'll thin out. This happened once before where, where there was, you know, there was the comedy boom. Sure. And then there was a thinning of the herd because what had happened is every, guys were opening the market. and they were hiring hacks. Yeah. And... Uh, that went on for a while. That comedy kind of took a dive as far as what the good clubs would pay, and you know whether it was worth even going out on the road. And what happened was the survival of the fittest. I think the recession that we had, you know, came in after that second explosion that really was just dreck, right? Yeah, and kind of thinned the herd. So the comics that were in it for the party ended up getting taken out. The clubs that were in it for a quick buck got taken out. Right. And the ones that survived were pretty much the ones that were there before it. Right. Before yeah. it all happened. Yeah. They weren't the fake. What was the comedy boom like? Because you were part of it. Yeah. It correct? Was cr- yeah. Maybe. I don't know that there'll ever be anything like that again because it was insane. Yeah. You know, you would have a bill with, you know, geez, I, I remember being with Marsha Warfield and Robin Williams in, in La Jolla. Wow. You know, was, and. You would have these because there weren't that many comics and there were not that many clubs, so yeah, you everybody just had worked great together. Comics, yeah, and you would build a rapport. You'd work with someone for a week, and you'd get to know them. You know, what do they read? How do they feel? You know, nowadays you go on the road and the lo- your opening or your feature could be a local, so you see them at the show and then they're off. Right. And then Whereas they're gone. Yeah, you don't gone meet, yeah. And you really don't watch them. But back back in the day, you know, you hung with the person for the whole week. And it was a small cadre of comics. It was maybe 40 to 60. You heard about some of the guys on the East Coast. Yeah. But otherwise, it was pretty much here. And there was a small group of guys on the East Coast. And yeah. Now yeah. it's pretty even. I feel like there's well, you West don't have Coast, to be, East You don't have to be Coast, anywhere yeah. now to yeah, make it. You could be anywhere. You could be in Vegas, Chicago, yeah. Nashville, Vancouver, Atlanta. Seattle, yeah. anywhere. They'll go anywhere to see you, and you can just come down for a showcase. So right. It's crazy. There used to be guys that would come from uh, back east. They would come during pi- – now pilot, pilot season, season is 12 months a year. But right. Oh, yeah. It used to be <laughs> like about a six-week to two-month period. So a lot of the East Coast guys would come out here for those two – for pilot season. Right. Oh, Okay. And just do the quick hit. I mean, they still do that, kind of, even though the pilot season, like you're saying, does go 12 months right. now. It's not uh, a short They stand. don't pack it all in for yeah. three networks. But right. they still do. You still do get those a uh, few a couple East months Coasters. where the, you get a large influx of East Coast New yeah. York guys telling us about how much better it is in New York. Isn't that amazing? So great. Every time. You're like, yeah, well, you're performing But then they move out home. here. Yeah. They Isn't move here weird? and talk about how much they like New York better. You yeah. Know? You could do 15 shows a night, 45 seconds each show, <laughs> travel four hours between each one. You're like, oh, that does sound way better. I do I do love the runaround of New York. Like, I, I kind of enjoy, uh, uh, like, if I, I'll be there for two weeks. And right. I'll book, I'm doing regular shows, but then I'll book like a couple little, they are like 10, 15 minute spots, but yeah. you do like two or three of them a night. You could still do that here though. You could still do that in LA. Yeah. You're just driving versus running or catching a train. You know, the first time I ever went on here was before I was part of it. I was just here on a date. Oh, wow. And Sammy Shore had the club then. This was before. So this is DeLuca and Sammy. Right. Right. 
And I was in the because when I was in high school, I could kind of get into places as a twenty-one-year-old because I had a beard and stuff. So, but you would go to the comedy store because that was really impressive to a to a, a woman or a girl, you know, back then. Oh wow, there. okay. Because you, everybody else, you, there was movies right. and a, or a dinner, but to go to the comedy store, wow. So it was kind of. Famous even then, oh, you know, yeah, like yeah. when it first. Oh, it was the place. Okay. I mean, there was uh, the guys I remember seeing, you know, were Gabe Kaplan. Yeah. Pat Proft. These are guys who became big writers. Craig Capo, T. Nelson. Craig. Well, they were, I think. Craig was a little later, though, wasn't he? He a- was probably. No, I think he was in the early 70s. Because yeah. I never saw them. And he was with Barry Levinson. They were oh, a comedy okay. team. That's funny. So, yeah. I just heard. That. I just remember him sat, talking. At something about how you he and he was friends with Sammy Shore when they were starting the comedy club or the comedy oh, store. Okay, so they may have been on when. So I was on a date because I used to come here on dates I, I, before. So cute. I thought I was going to be a lawyer. So, <laughs> so uh, everybody was bombing, and I re, I don't want to say anybody's names because I learned you cause, can because I would <laughs> I would watch and go. Don't they have friends telling them they shouldn't do this? Yeah, like me. Yeah, <laughs> but but what happened is they became good. You know, I didn't realize then some people have to be bad before they're good. Right. Ah. So they they ended up being very successful. So, but I was here on a date. It was a double date. Everybody was bombing, and I went over to Sammy, who I didn't know was Sammy, and said, "Can I go on?" And he said, "Sure." So I went on, <gasps> and and he had no idea who you were. No. And it's I killed. I, I. It was all ad-lib. by yourself, not with your partner. Not with my partner, and I killed. He's on a date. So, Pussy is on the line. He's got. Pussy crush. is on the line. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> I get off stage, and all the comments. Hey, where are you from? Where you been working? I go. I'm from here, but I. That was my first time on stage. <gasps> oh, and so Sammy goes. You can come back tomorrow night. So. I called all my friends from high school, the guys that we used to come to the comedy store on dates with. You guys aren't going to believe this. I went on at the comedy store. No, you didn't. Yes, I did. And I'm going on again tonight. I went on last night. I'm going on again. You guys got to come. You did not. I'm telling you, I went. So they all came. You could hear the cars going by outside. You could hear people stirring their drinks. That the magic of the spontaneity the first night was gone. I tried to recapture it, and I didn't go on stage again for years. You did the same exact joke. I tried to because well, they weren't like jokes. It was I went up there and I I, I don't even remember. Yeah, yeah. So I went on and I think I added a little bit the second night. Sure. It was just bombed, <laughs> just bombed, and I had all my friends there. So yeah, I. Uh, that, that, I didn't go on again for years. Oh my then gosh! I, then I went to college, and it wasn't until after college that uh, that you came back. Then I came back in college. We were doing it in little places here and there, but uh, but not yeah. really like the comedy. Store. That was like seventy two, three. Like that had to be. Yeah, because yeah, seventy one, seventy two. Because seventy two, they I opened. I would, yeah, I went to. Yeah, it had to be right around right around there. Wow, that's hysterical. And then you didn't come back till 70... 70 end of 75, beginning of 76. Okay. And I just I can't get over that like whole he was telling me and I don't we didn't talk about this. You talked about make me laugh, but I think I got you off on something else. I apologize. But uh how you used to have it for the whole week. Yeah. Like if people didn't see you on Merv. That wasn't on air. We, we did that outside. Yeah, we did right? that outside. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, well then let me I think it was 
the comedy store and make me laugh that created the comedy boom. Okay. Wow. And I'll tell you why. But back in those days, if you did the Tonight Show or Merv Griffin and, and you killed, you, the next day someone might go to work. Hey, did you see the guy in the Tonight Show last night? Oh, I missed him. Well, I'm sure he'll be on again in a couple months. Well, you had to wait for that. Right. Okay. Right. Well, if you, make me laugh, you were on Monday through Friday. So see, I didn't realize that. So if you kicked ass on Monday night, someone went to work the next day. Oh, I missed him. He's on again tonight. Right. And that fed, and by Friday the ratings were big, and we only taped about two or three weeks in advance. So these clubs would open up. Uh, the first one was in Cleveland, that was off the coast, and and Detroit. And they would just start hiring the Make Me Laugh guys because we were only taping two or three weeks in advance of the airing, and they would let us plug the dates like three or four days of the five days. So Wow. The first time I ever realized the power of television was uh, I got hired to come and play in Cleveland. Okay. And they picked me up from the airport, and they say, yeah, the room we, we have, it wasn't a comedy club. They got a big banquet room and a restaurant. It seats 350 people, and there's two shows Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Now, I had come from the comedy store. I'd been on the road. I go, oh, my God. How many tickets have you sold? He goes, well, there's still a few left for Sunday's second show. I went, excuse me? <laughs> they said, everything sold out except Sunday's second show. So they took all the money that they wow. made from that and opened up the Cleveland Comedy Club. So that money from that weekend opened up the club. Mark Ridley had the Comedy Castle in Detroit. Okay. So those are really the first two off of the coasts. And then a chain of giggles opened up throughout Ohio and and, and some other... It was really called Giggles? That's yeah. funny. Is yeah. that still around? No, uh, no, no, not, no, not in the incantation it was then. It was in uh, what am I thinking of? Cincinnati, Chuckle? Columbus... And a few other towns they went in, but the that Greater Ohio make, Valley. That, that <laughs> a lot of owners, a lot of spent their money uh, yeah. with the thunder bumps, if you will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's so, okay. Some of them paid you. Strippers. In that. They tried to. <laughs> they would try to pay you in drugs. Yeah. And I go really. Well, you tell me what furniture stores will accept this for a, a couch. <laughs> I love that you hold up yeah. a bag. Yeah. Like I was say, someone would go, uh, my buddy Leon will sell you Oh, absolutely. Here. He's got two couches right now. He'll move for you for that. That's crazy. Yeah, there, there, there's still some of the more shady owners that were still trying to pull that shit in the yeah. late 90s. Oh, that's crazy. But, but it was make me laugh that it was the same guys, Howie Mandel, Gallagher, myself, Shanling, Saget, uh, gosh, Kipadada, Denny Johnston. Oh, yeah, Denny. Kip's, that's the second Kipadada reference of the show. Second, oh, I know. Wow. Kippy. <laughs> I love Kip. I, I, I honestly don't know who he is. Have you ever met the him? No. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. I just remember the headshot of him with the microphone and the holster. <laughs> That was, great. I just remember always seeing the headshot and being like, I get it. Okay. Microphone just got In the day, okay. Kip was one of the very best monologists. Really? Yeah. yeah. I mean, even when in the early 90s when I started, Kip would kill in yeah. the main room. And he was this kind of loungy act, right? Like where they would play the piano, Becker would play the piano behind him, and Kip would have his little, you know, whiskey, his little shot on stage and just sipping and telling. The funniest story, but like in a like a an odd 
I can't even describe it properly. The closest, I think he was a big Jack Benny fan. Oh, okay. He had those kind of pauses, not like Jack Benny, but you could when he when he tells you that was an influence, you can see it. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, he would. He would just, and he'd be in a suit. You know, he was always dressed to the nines, always. always dressed up. And it always hit on me. I loved it. I loved every second of it. This Me Too movement would have never worked back then. Back then. <laughs> it was a compliment to get Me Too'd when men were men. It was appreciated, is what I'm saying. I'm trying to bring it back. Uh, Someone you start the What About Me movement. Hey, what about me? Uh, what about me? Everybody else got a Me Too. What about me? There you go. First, we're going to start a whole new Yeah. That's going to be his next on his next website. He's going to have his web series. He's going to get the strongest pro man Trump supporters following him. Uh, okay. Just, they've <laughs> got money. It'll be fun. <laughs> this is what the broads really want. Yeah. They want to be grabbed by the pool. Oh, sorry. Uh, someone, I remember someone telling me that you had something to do with the letters from a nut books. Is that true? Yes. Okay. I'll give you a little rundown on that. Letters from a nut? It's my favorite books of all time. And that's what someone told me. I love that. They're yep. so funny. But uh, it's a book... Uh, there was three. I was involved with three of them: letters from a nut, more letters from nut, and extra nutty. <laughs> they, they were. It was a, a books. I wrote them with Barry Martyr. And okay. They we we wrote letters to corporations and people with ridiculous yes, requests. I've heard they're of this. amazing. Yes, I know okay, exactly. As what an this example, is. we would write. We wrote a letter to the California Institute of Technology. Okay. Saying, um, doesn't it? makes sense that if you weigh 150 pounds and you can lift 300 pounds, you should be able to fly by sitting on a chair and lifting yourself up. <laughs> and okay. these professors, the head of the department, uh, a fair actually, question. Wrote, actually wrote back explaining why the physics of that doesn't work. <laughs> but the whole book is like that. We wrote The King of Tonga. You know, I think you have my sword. You know, oh. I, I left it in the bathroom. The, the Prussian know. military. Right, so. right. <laughs> It was, they're amazing. I, I, so, I got them when I was in high school, senior in high school. Someone gave it to me as a gift. I'm like, what the fuck is this? I started reading it. It's like, I remember one was you guys wrote Whiskey Pete's and right. Prim and said we're opening a Bourbon place Joe's. Next door. Yeah, Bourbon Joe's. <laughs> but we're going to, yeah. And would the people write you back? I oh, mean, that one. Cease and desist. Of, oh. and, you know, yeah. we would, but we would fart around with them even more. Perfect. Well, we wrote the books. They were very successful. We wrote it under a pen name, Ted L. Nancy, because at the time I was doing a lot of television and Barry was writing. And if if they you couldn't Google back then, but if they did any right. kind of research, any due diligence, they would say it's Bruce. But if a, I put my name at the bottom, let's say at that a, time yeah. I was doing that's the comic. It's a gag, yeah. So we used a, a pen name, Ted okay. L. Nancy, and. Uh, and then Jerry came out on television on uh, Larry Jerry, King. Jerry Seinfeld. Seinfeld. Oh, Jerry Seinfeld wrote the intros oh, and was very involved okay. with getting us the agent who ended up... Oh, okay. So he was very involved with it. But then he went on television and told everybody that Barry wrote the whole book and anybody <gasps> that said differently is lying. And the book was basically written, most of it, at my house. And I've got... Our sessions recorded. I, I'm doing a documentary on it now. Oh, you're kidding. And I'm doing it uh, under the auspices of like a series called Clear My Name. If you go online right now and, and Google Bruce Baum and Letters from a Nut, it comes up. Jerry Seinfeld said <gasps> Bruce Baum didn't write Letters really? from a Nut. Really? Oh. So I've got 
all the letters with both of our handwriting on it. And I'm, I'm pitching it also as a show called Clear My Name for people. Because you, I've tried to do something in court. You can't go against. Our court systems are set up that if somebody very wealthy wants what's rightfully yours. Oh, yeah. They can. You have to tap out. Yeah. You don't have the money. You can't fight we'll them. Keep, yeah, can't keep it I can present my bankrupt. Ca- I can present my case in an hour and a half, but it would take five years in court. I've tried. You right. can't. You yeah. Know. So I'm doing a documentary for clear my name, so people who've been accused of things have an opportunity to to clear to their name co- to conduit yeah. to clear their name, and it, it can be well-known people or people in small towns because their universe is just as big to them as the celebrities is. So if you've been accused of anything from embezzling to child abuse to to domestic and and, and you're innocent, this show would give you an opportunity to to right the wrong. Because uh, social media media has actually become almost like another branch of government as far as people judging and having an opinion and actually forging. I mean, it was the, uh, I would uh, suggest that it was the outrage of everybody in America that caused today for Trump to, you know, Oh, absolutely. Reverse, yeah, yeah. Reverse, reverse his own policy. <laughs> but apparently that's been going on for a while, but I'm yeah. not defending anybody. Else, yeah, yeah. No, no, but, no, I think you're right. I, it has, but there was... But it was the public had the bank. power. Same thing with the Me Too movement, you know? Yeah. yeah. I mean, so, look, Bill what, Cosby. <laughs> I mean, realistically, no one cared true. about Bill Cosby, and then and Hannibal then, Burris... Put it out there and it became a thing. But this Chris Hardwick thing, this is this is crazy. He's just completely guilty and there's oh, what, nothing. I haven't heard anything about Chris Hardwick. Um, oh, his, yeah. They took his, all his yeah. stuff away because his girlfriend said she was uh, basically he, he abusive. You know about yeah. the Nerd Channel guy, right? Yeah. They took everything away. Yeah. They got rid of his show. Season two was supposed to start. But. She cheated on him. She was trying to like trap him. There was all kinds of crazy stuff. She admitted all that. She said, but he was mean. He would say mean things well, to her. And so then, he got his show canceled because he was mean? In yep. his defense, he is a complete scumbag from the I different things I've I doubt it, but... But it's like, it was things like he basically, I mean, in Hollywood, it, it doesn't seem odd, but he was dating someone much younger than him that basically was trying to use him for her own gain. But then it was, at the same time, he basically was tra- trapping her in... If I want to fuck, you have to fuck me. Well, he said, I left my other girlfriend. The thing I read, it said, I left my other girlfriend because she didn't want to have sex with me. So. Yeah. And then she was like, he's making me, forcing me to have sex with him. And I'm like, no, no. If somebody said that to me, I'd be like, well, if I don't feel like having sex with you, I'm not having sex with you. Yeah. And I I think that probably connotes that she's not your girlfriend, too. (laughs) She's also a side piece at that point, right? I'm sorry, I'm not going to have sex with you, but then I don't think we're going to go out anymore. Right. (laughs) I mean, I I, I don't know. I just just think, I don't know. I've dated a lot of assholes, and maybe I'm an asshole in a relationship. I don't know. Like, you can ask my ex. He might say, hey, she's a bitch, you know? But but, you don't get your career taken away from That's what I'm saying. If he could come out and be like, hey, you know, she used to wake me up in the middle of the night and... So he, he got so all you have to have sex with because he was they a took bad it all guy. Away. They basically wiped his name off of all the nerdist stuff. He, he could be your first it. guy wow. on Clear My Name. Wow. <laughs> Isn't it amazing, though, how, you know, people are known by their last evil deed? Yeah. 
There, I mean, that's absolutely. That's what we yeah, I don't about know. Chris. I, don't think, I don't think people like to see someone that has a lot of money or power using it wrong or taking advantage of people. If you're uh, fortunate enough to have plenty, yeah, it's time to share and do some good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, mean, I think that's I think that's the biggest reason why all the Cosby stuff happened. Yeah, so many people are like, this guy has made a, a living out of like putting the right image forward. Oh, he used to call comics that he would see yeah. them when they were dirty and say, you don't have to, Eddie yeah. Murphy's famous, you know, that's famous where no you call Eddie Murphy, you don't need to curse, you don't have to, you know. Yeah. Right, and, and then and Pryor and told him to have a Coke and a smile and fuck, shut the fuck up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Fuck, <laughs> fuck Bill Cosby. <laughs> yeah. And then, I mean, it's the same thing he'd always, he'd always talk about how you, young black men need to pull their pants up and how they're giving black people a bad name and then... T- He's three decades into drugging and raping women. You're like, yeah. Also, he would pull your I, pants up. That's that's the, that's what you're worried about. The, the, his appearance. They're gonna know we're raping people if you <laughs> pull your pants up. Well, he wasn't wearing any to pull up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, at least his dates weren't. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, that was weird, Eleanor. That was weird. So, so you're. Uh, this is a great idea, I think. Now, the the other guy is he close with Jerry? Yes. So he might have went to him and just said, "No, I did it all." I, like, Jerry, I, I, knows, Jerry knows you. Are you close with Jerry? I no, don't I'm know Jerry. With, no, I'm not okay. close with Jerry. But he, you know. He but if I ma- were, I'd the, fight to the death for you. Originally, uh, and the, uh, I don't want to say too much because okay. I don't want to know what's coming, but the um, the manuscript, he's, you know, we wrote the letters as Ted L. Nancy, but we weren't going to release the book. It was going to be by Barry Martyr and Bruce Baum. Of course. But then they called and said, why don't we. Make the make everybody guess who Ted Nancy is, right? And we, you know, we had to think about that because, gee, we knew we had a funny book, but we decided, okay, we'll do that. And then the reveal, when we reveal, that'll give it a whole new life again, right? Except there was never a reveal that was not honest. a mainstream, but yeah. Wow. So, uh, well, they really are brilliant. It's, I mean, oh, thanks. Reading them was one of the few times in my life that I sat, opened a book, and read it, and then was like, uh, I'm. I'm not doing anything for the next okay. day and a half. I'm going to say I this. Should've... He doesn't say that about anyone oh, wow. or anything. Yeah. Well, I'm... I generally hate everything. That's but... true. Oh, Look, wow. even our producer is shaking his head like, yeah, this is terrifying. Oh, wow. I We're afraid my... the world's going to end right now. <laughs> wow. I wrote another book that I that I self-published Okay. Uh, called On Hold, and I only wrote it when I was on hold on the phone. Awesome. So it's got fairy tales. It's got fairyless tales where there's no fairies at all. <laughs> okay, okay. And it's got little things that I just thought of while I was on hold. Things like, uh, I believe the Bible says an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But what happens if you get beat up by a blind toothless guy? Yeah, okay. The questions we just, all wonder. Can you just rip off one of his cheeks and call it even? <laughs> so... <laughs> Things like that. So, but uh, I love it's that. All on hold. And, uh, is the other book that you're talking about the letters from a nut, that's already out? That's out. It's that been was, out for that's, that's sold over five hundred thousand in hardcover. And no, did you get paid for that? Yes. Okay, good. Okay, because that that'll bother me. If, yeah, I was but like, I've oh. also been ripped off of a lot too. I got paid well, but I've also been ripped off quite a bit. Plus, isn't it a play plus, now or something? Yeah, or and they, a live that's show. the other thing is they're using the stuff that I wrote in that. So, oh. but that's in this thing also. You know, it's well, it's nice. also amazing how the news organizations won't carry. They're not going to go against Jerry. Son. <laughs> no, what, it's, it's too clean had, cut of a name. I've even had 
some of them say, you know, because I've known some report, I mean, I've taken around here and everybody seems to be conflicted. Yeah. And that was one of your liberal uh, news stations. Yeah. Well, we're not conflicted. We're not like that. Oh, we good. believe you. I'll, you got our ear first. Let's get Jerry Seinfeld <laughs> in the nuts. Yeah, right I'll now. fight him right now. I'm not afraid of him. Just give I me don't three know rounds. Three <laughs> rounds. <laughs> but I, again, I, I don't know uh, the other gentleman or... I well, don't he know. worked here too, and he's just as you know. Yeah, he knows. But why would he just do con- that to we you? We have contracts. I mean, yeah. you know, you're right. It, yeah, I could say what I think, but yeah, I don't yeah, want yeah. you to get. In I trouble. would. Yeah. I would rather just present the facts and let everybody else. Yeah, the way they. It's do better. It. What you're doing is better, and you know, sometimes it's better to just like you know what. I'm going to do it this way. Take the and time. And I'm just sticking to, to... Stick to the facts. I, I've heard other things, and I said, I'm not putting that in here. This is just my case. Right. Right. So... Yeah. Well... But well, I've continued on. I still shoot videos, and I write. Yeah, you're still killing it. stuff, and so... And anyway. you're doing. You got a whole web thing going. I love it. You got a web thing. Let's uh, promote. <laughs> oh, there's Bruce Bob's web thing. <laughs> what is it called? Web series. Web Laferoo.com. Laferoo. Yeah, their little. Uh, dot com. Do you still go on the road and stuff yeah, like that? Uh-huh. I'll be. Yeah. I'll be uh, at the San Leandro Center for the Performing Arts. Very cool. I'll be performing seven of the deadly arts. <laughs> I'll be there. On the, <laughs> July 28th. That's I'll be awesome. at the Will Turn on July 21st. Okay. And uh, Ruth Chris's Steakhouse on July 12th in Woodland Hills. <laughs> yes. Are you really performing there? They're charging. Yeah, it's a three-course. I love course. Ruth Chris. It's, they're serving a three-course dinner and comedy for $95. Wow. Mazel tov. And that doesn't include tax and gratuity. <laughs> 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 That's the listing price. I was shocked. I mean, I had no idea until I saw the poster that, oh, geez, 95 bucks. Wow. They got the money out We there. only need one guy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Ruth Chris is awesome. That's how by me those people got the money. Oh, yeah. Woodland Hills. That's from yep. down and out in Calabasas. <laughs> <laughs> I'm from Thousand Oaks. Are you? So, yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Calabasas is yeah, almost part of my. There. Oh, are you from Calabasas? Yeah. Isn't it nice? I, I, it's the gorgeous. drive-in isn't great. No, that's a, it's, no, always, it's always... But from about you know, Gura and Calabasas on out, you know. Yeah. It's the normal part of California. Like, when you meet people from out there, you're like, oh, yeah, you're not part of this bizarre well, world that there. I live in. Once yeah. I had a kid, I was like, I don't want her to grow up on Sherman Oaks, where she's going to be three grew. years old and have the homeless guy lived in front of our, uh, our condo. <laughs> Shitting in the front yard every okay. day. Well, you can go to the public schools in Calabasas. Yeah, and Calabasas the, High is a good school. That that was that was our our main thought was like we're either gonna have to pay for private school or we can just move to where she can actually go to school. Right. See, I grew up in the valley. I went to Van Nuys High and, okay. and Van Nuys Junior High and Sherman Oaks Elementary. And they were good schools. They were good schools. Yeah. Yeah. And, and now you know we moved out to Thousand Oaks. Same reason. Yeah. And when our kids were in high school, it was like happy days. I mean, that's... Oh, wow. Okay. So it's... uh, Yeah, like the schools in Sherman Oaks, there's a charter school right by where we used to live that... It's they rate them on a ten scale, and the charter elementary school is like a seven, and then the middle school is a three. (laughs) Oh shit! And the high school is a two. Yeah, I remember some of the schools in Sherman Oaks looking for dice. This kid's Dylan was going to go out there, and then he wound up 
going back to the other side because right. it was just. Yeah, they just have. They gone, weren't great. They've declined quite a bit. Yeah. In the last 25 years, they said. Yeah. But, it was pretty brutal. <laughs> I'm happy now. I don't have to move. Yeah, or Calabasas worry about it. is great. They're all eights and nines. And, so. And you got the commons out there that. Yeah. Howie's out there all Howie Mandel's out there all the time eating. Really? The commons, yeah. Oh, very nice. We'll go bother Howie. Let's go try to shake his uh, hand. I'll do like fun chow. <laughs> Such an honor. I want to shake Such your an hand. Honor. Oh, God. <laughs> we have this Chinese guy who's hilarious. He's a door guy. And someone was like, yeah, Howie doesn't like shaking hands. And he's like, watch this. And they went up to him. And he's like. Oh, I'm such a big fan. I just want to shake your hand. And he's like, fist bump. He's like, fist bump. But in my culture, a handshake is very important. <laughs> and just watching Howie, just like. He did it? Yeah, he did it. Wow. He didn't well, want to he's got a Chinese really guy. thick accent. Like, he's really <laughs> I mean, he's fresh from off China, the boat, yeah. if you right. will. Yeah. <laughs> but he, he eventually it. did do it. We're all just standing like 10 feet away. Like, like you this son of a bitch. Got him. <laughs> he got him. I'm going to tell Howie. <laughs> <laughs> Let him know. You know, you shook that Chinese guy's hand, and he doesn't even no, care. he doesn't care. He doesn't like his culture or ours, so. <laughs> you wouldn't believe what he just came down with yesterday, too. <laughs> yeah, that would put Terrible Harry hand That would put Howie in a hospital. Yellow like, oh, fever. <laughs> That's, he's not Asian. <laughs> yep. That's yellow fever. That's weird. All right, racist, Eleanor. Yep. We'll make it scarlet fever. There you go. There you go. Rewrite. Uh, This guy is good. Do you have social media, stuff like that? Let's plug that. Well, I got the laugharoo.com. Oh, right. And there's brucebomb.com. Brucebomb.com. That's a great rhyme. I like it. Brucebomb.com. So, yeah, you know, I put up videos here and there. I've got a little bit of YouTube presence, and I'll probably increase that. So That's great. But, uh, That's better than us. We don't do YouTube. We're terrible. We're just, um, people keep saying you got to get the Comedy Store podcast on YouTube. I'm like, all right. This, yeah. This I is, don't know how to do that. Well, put a camera. We here. have a ton put of cameras camera. in here. They don't know how to make them work. Yeah. That's well, then you need a good sketch artist. <laughs> <laughs> now, now we're talking. Making a flip. Yeah, <laughs> Animated. My brother Tommy. We'll hire Tommy. He's good at that. Perfect. He could do that. All right. He knows how to do that. We'll put Tommy to work. Tommy, you have to make a book where, well, oh, not that one. (laughs) Did you ever meet our old town coordinator, Tommy? He looked like Tom Petty. Yeah, you probably never came in. You lucked out. I was here. It was Mitzi. Mitzi only. Maybe uh, Joanne or whomever her ladies that worked in the office with her. Yeah. That's amazing. Mitzi was the lady. She was the only town coordinator. So special, right? I mean, it was such a different... Uh, think she had such an eye and a love for it. You know what I mean? Like, even if it weren't, like, sometimes people are like, how did she pass those guys? They weren't even that funny. And I'm like, you're an idiot. You're not, you're, it's a completely different time. And right. she had such passion and love to watch it develop, comics develop. She was amazing. And it was great because, you know, you hung out with, with all those guys every single night for like two years. There was no road. So, yeah. You were with yeah. the same guys every night, and afterwards you either go to Cantor's or Ben Frank's. Or, oh yeah, Ben Frank's. Or whatever. <laughs> it's Mel now. Oh, is it? Yeah, it's still there. It's just Mel's drive-in instead of Ben Frank's. When when Mitzi passed you, do you, did she call you over? Did she give you the the couch, if you will? You know, it was, it was the first yeah. time we auditioned. We became regular, so I, I kind of like. Oh, that's don't, right. Don't yeah. remember exactly. Yeah. Because it was all you know kind of set up by George Miller and we were like George was one of her favorites. Yeah. Absolutely. He was a great guy. Yeah, great, funny. Yeah. Letterman loved him. Yeah. yeah. 
Everyone did. A lot of people would write about how, uh, just how great, or talk about just how great George Miller. He was one of those guys that I had never really heard of. And then when I came out here, when I started at the comedy store, I'd, I'd hear some of the older guys talk about him or whatever, and just like, all right, it's a name I'm familiar with now. But when he passed, I just remember Letterman talking about him on his oh, show, yeah. like yeah. extendedly being like, Damn, that's... Yeah, they were tight. Wow. Yeah, they were tight. And he tight. helped George out a lot, too, mm-hmm. when he was going through his last days. Right. Yeah. He paid for a lot of like right. experimental treatments. Right. Weren't insured, all that good stuff. Amazing. There were some great guys. I, I love... Did you watch the Gary Shandling um, doc that yeah. Judd Apatow did? Yeah, I'm, I haven't seen the second half. I saw the first one. Yeah. What, I, uh, was the comedy store in the first one? Yeah, yeah, I think so. And when he would write, uh, George Miller still sucks or something like when he was writing his letters home, like just shitting on George Miller and then being like, Jeff Altman had the greatest set I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> like funny, but these guys would kill. Oh, yeah. Like Gary kill. and I used to hang out. Every, this is before he started doing the Tonight Show. I mean, every day we would go work out together. And uh, he was just an avid writer, right? Yeah. I mean, just and we would. Uh, you know, they would go have sushi, and then after a while, you know, Sag- it was Saget, Kuie, uh, myself, and Channeling. I fact, always forget Kuie was here too. Yeah, yeah. and and uh, I, my wife is pretty much the one I, I believe that started Gary doing his bits on his hair. You know how he used to talk about his hair. Oh yeah. He came over one day because he used to come over every day. He would come over and he'd go, "I'm going on a date now. How do I look?" <laughs> And my wife would go, well, are you going to be wearing your hair like that? And he went, what's wrong with my hair? She goes, well, it's kind of riding high. And he went, you think so? And then he started working it into his into his act. That's hilarious. It's riding high. I'll tell like you a funny. Yeah. yeah. I'll tell you, I don't know if you know who Jeff DeHart is. He's living on the East Coast now. He used to do impressions. Okay. He still does impressions. Very funny guy. This is a uh, Jeff DeHart. Jeff DeHart. Okay. Now I'm going to tell you the joke the way I used to do it, and then I'll tell you who. Well, I, I used to do a joke, I, I, but it's a true story. But I didn't want to name drop. Okay. While I'm on stage, so I'll tell you the story. I'll tell you the joke, and then I'll tell you how it really went down. Okay. I used to say, you know, uh, I'm on a uh, interstate a couple of days ago with a couple of friends, and it's kind of late at night, and we decide to ourselves, hey. And that's all we decide. So we keep driving. <laughs> a little bit farther down the road, we realize, gee, we're kind of tired. Let's pull one of these rest areas. We'll crash out for a while. So we pull into the next rest area. Driver falls asleep like that. The other two of us can't crash out. So while the driver's sleeping, one of us gets out of the car, and as he heaves himself onto the hood, the other guy goes, look out! Oh. <laughs> to the guy sleeping. And he... We Shandling and I did that to Jeff DeHart. We were playing in La Jolla. Oh we are playing in San Diego at the Hotel Circle. There was a comedy store there. And we couldn't find Jeff. We came out, and he was sleeping in the car in the oh. driver's seat. So Shandling got in the passenger seat, and I threw myself on the hood, and he hit the heart and went, look out! <laughs> and he, like, woke up just freaking the fuck freaking out. Freaking oh turning the God. wheel. So... I don't know. I think he might have had to change his pants. Too. Yeah. <laughs> that's genius. See, that's, that's real friendship, though. That's kind of stuff you right. do. Always messing with each other. Dudes and right? friends with each we other. We did another one, and I think this was at Shandling's house, and DeHart was there again because we 
the heart was the best one to play a gag on. And Obviously, I had a it's little, easy to get. I had a little <laughs> teeny firecracker, and we're at I, got, I, I guess it was Bob's apartment, and those guys are sitting at the table, and I walk over to the kitchen window, and as I'm lighting the firecracker in the sink, I'm going, God, it looks like the guy. And that other apartment has a gun pointed this way. Uh, Bob the, Saget's uh, at place? his apartment. Okay. There wasn't. I was lighting a firecracker. Oh my! And when God, it went God. off, I flew across the room, landed on the <laughs> table, and again Jeff freaked out. Again. It was like, oh, it was, it was, you did it again! God damn it! <laughs> oh, I love that shit. Frightening to yeah. everyone. It looks like he's aiming a gun over him. <laughs> Jeez, that's what? weird. <laughs> That's uh, fucking awesome. to, but, but was there like no window shadow? You just hear boom, yeah, panic. yeah, just a large explosion. Right. Listen, you're not expecting that. You're not going to think of the. You're right. You're right. You're not going to think like, of that. Oh my god, Bruce got shot. <laughs> That's my so inner city we, showing. We used this is all before anybody was doing any TV and stuff, and we just hung out and did that kind yeah. of stuff all day. Because you're just keeping yourself occupied, yeah. and you're young and, and degenerate comedians. And we would also come up, you know, I'm sure. Comics do that coming yeah. up now. You're you're farting around during the day, and someone comes up with a line. Ooh, are you going to use that? No, you can have that. Yeah, right. Yeah. You know, and that you know those when you're hanging out, getting started, that happens. Yeah, yeah, oh, for yeah. sure. Especially in the beginning, and like Mitzi used to send this to La Jolla. One of the things they would say, the town coordinator used to say, but they'd be like, you know, you go down there. She wanted you the camaraderie of hanging out, right. everybody getting to hang out and know each other. That's why she would send us. It she was went, always comedy store people. Right. It's a little different now, but... But, but she knew what she was doing yeah. because there's people today that I wouldn't be as close to if we hadn't done weeks together right. in La Jolla. And uh, did you do Dunes? Did you do Vegas yeah, as well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. That must have been crazy. I only hear stories from like Harry Basil and Dice for the Dunes, but it, they say it was phenomenal. Yeah, it was. There's, she had the audio tapes of that in her uh, – I was helping her put stuff in order for a book. She wanted me to help her with a book, and I'm like, I can barely read. You really want me to help you with a book? But it was like a coffee table book for Vegas, and she had all these audio cassettes of your guys' shows down wow. there. Yeah, and I was like, what are you going to do with all these? And I remember at the time, Dice was like – steal those from me and i'm like no i'm not stealing i'm not stealing them i'm supposed to put them in order for her so i would just put them like what year whatever it was or months and stuff like that but she i couldn't believe that she had all that i hope that peter and Polly have they're selling it as we speak (laughs) i'll tell you one of the things that was really nice it should be a comedy store library (laughs) They One should. of the things that was nice about Mitzi's celebration of life was yeah. you know, back in the park, it was almost like all the guys that were there 40 years ago were there. We were seeing guys that we hadn't seen in years because after the road started, every you'd see guys on the road more than you see them. They'd be playing a room somewhere in town and you'd be playing another one. you get together afterwards. These were guys you used to see every night. Right. So yeah. It was kind of cool seeing every die. I saw Dice hadn't seen him in a long time. Yeah, it was so it was nice to see all you guys. Like like I was kind of like sitting back watching. I, it I was mean, cool. I even felt like that for us. Yeah, it's like I've been here. I got here two thousand and two. I've been here fifteen years. But the people have that I started with, like the people we were friends with when I was working the door here and stuff. Most of them don't 
come around, same thing. They're doing the road or they, you know. Yeah, or they're big working yeah. comics. and Same thing. They write for TV now or whatever it is they do. So it was the first time I've seen a lot of those people, especially yeah. all together in a long time. So it it is cool. weird the the newer comics think, knowing they won't ever know her or that yeah. era of like even before she passed she hadn't been coming for a long time so they would be like oh Mitzi it was like this myth it was a name right? yeah this just, mythological creature that uh, you know they the, hear stories the high school of, principal that was there before your yeah, time type yeah. of thing well, you know it's weird when the word came that she passed. Uh, I've always been one to, you know, never really reflected, reflected. You know, you, you think right. back and someone says, well, what was it like back then? And it's easy to, but when that happened, I started reflecting more, you know, the conversations I had with her, yeah, you know, how it was when I started, um, just, just all the different meetings and conversations you had with, and with the other guys, you know, you start looking back and I go, wow. That was really a special, special time. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's one thing to recall; it's another thing to reflect. Yeah. yeah. Mitzi got everybody reflecting. Really, how much she meant, this place meant to people. Yeah. Yeah. It's cool. And like you were talking about those showcases. Now, would she set up a lot of oh, yeah. showcases for people? Because right. I've heard stories where, like, let's just say ABC or CBS would call, and they'd say, "I want to see this person, this person, and this person." She'd go, "Okay." I'll have you see this person, this person, and that person. Like completely switch it yeah. up to who she wanted. Right. Or they would call and say, "We're doing this show. Put on the people we might be interested in." And, she, and she'd pick. And she might say, "You're not right for this showcase." Yeah. You know, how come I'm not on? Or you're not right for this. Right. But she was pretty honest. And she was. She was honest. I I, I have nothing but positive things to say about Mitzi. Okay. I good. know there's other people like anybody else, but I never had one moment where I. Didn't like Felt her. mistreated, yeah. Yeah, yeah cool. well, she was a fan, and she was, you know, on your side. So right. if she was on your side, she was on, and really she was on the comic side no matter what. Right. You know, if if the, if the she fell out of love with their act or something, it wasn't that she fell out of love with the person. She still loved and the And there's comic. people that you thought would never be back, that she would never let into the club again, that she did. So she wasn't a... Uh, yes. It's, you know... She would forgive... The door wasn't shut forever. Yeah, right. she might say that. Like yeah. we had a guy on last week that was uh, banned forever, and I was like, "That's hilarious," because <laughs> he did a really poor tasting joke about Parkinson's, and uh, <laughs> and he didn't realize he, didn't know. he was in the room. He didn't realize, uh, and uh, but she said, "No, he's never allowed to come here again." But <laughs> she wasn't around often enough to where everyone was just like, "You, you can just come back next week. She's not going to be here." <laughs> but. But yeah, it was a lot of that. She she would forgive. You're right. Like I I've seen her ban comics for life, and then they're back. Right. Two weeks later, oh, I forgave him. Oh, he said he was sorry. <laughs> <laughs> He's gonna have to go up after the hardest comics. So. <laughs> that was my favorite thing when she was still making the lineups when I first got here. Was all of the inside gossip of I just didn't I didn't know everyone's history together when i got here and then hearing people being like oh fuck I'm like what she's making them go after them they hate each other being like, oh. <laughs> i never i you never guys my work life it out thought about how great watching people who hate each other have to introduce each other respectfully would be <laughs> so the, did we talk about 
that show the, oh uh, i'm dying up here yeah rick was on it we talked about it out there right. not on here but yeah he i liked what you said rick overton you're talking about oh no rick, rick, rick overton is on uh, it rick overton's right. on it but he was on it i did, oh, I did an episode weeks. oh good he hasn't watched season ago. two yet i, I like I'm, it that's i've got much it better. recorded i just have to binge watch it okay yeah. and i was saying look i i like the show yeah the acting is good you know but it's not the way it was. No. I mean, if you're if you're if you're trying to capture, I've found that whenever you usually when you read one of these uh, books or a movie, it's someone who's come in and gotten information, and then you know it's not yeah right someone who was there. Uh, it wasn't that dark, you know. Yeah. It wasn't that cutthroat. Yeah, I mean, some guys may I didn't you know everybody was helping everybody. A lot of laughter. It, it was, was way more of a party scene. It was like rock and roll. It was like, yeah. I, it was incredible. I yeah. think, yeah, I think a lot of it is because they had to fictionalize it all. Yeah. Like they can't use any, like, he bought the rights to the book and then quickly realized he would have to pay likeness rights to everyone. So right. many but it people. Wasn't even, it, even the material isn't indicative of the kind of material that yeah. was being done then. Right. They're actually doing some stuff that was written years later. Oh yeah, so, that's uh, what Rick says. Because yeah. I, I did, I did a, one episode of season one, and I ended up just being a guy in the background. You couldn't even see me in focus. But they <laughs> gave me, they gave me this material. They basically had a guy who was twenty six, two years ago, was writing the jokes for the comedians, <laughs> and so he gave me my material. He said, "Yeah, just memorize this. They're gonna have you do this on the show." I started reading, and I'm like, pretty sure that's like a reference, like 1983. So then I'm like Googling stuff, just like, when did that actually happen? Because why would I say that? And it was like some Bob Barker reference, but it was like spay and neuter your animals. And so I looked that up, and it's like, it started in 1982 after his wife, first wife passed or something. I'm like, why would I be saying that in 74 then? So then I get to set, and the guy's like, did you memorize the, the comedy stuff? I'm like, yeah, I have some questions, though, because what, what year is this supposed to be? And he said, like, early, mid-70s. And I'm like, because some of the references are stuff that happened, like, a decade later. He's like, oh, it doesn't matter. Just do it. And I'm like, well, now I just feel like an asshole. Right. But You're kind of glad it got cut out. Then, yeah, then I'm like, thank God they didn't show it. But then it's just, I mean, then I'm thinking about it. I'm like, why do they have, why do they have a guy who was born in 1996? Writing the comedy <laughs> material for comics from '74, so whatever great. it was, but because I guess that's Hollywood. That's Hollywood. That's they want, how it they is. want the young kids watching it. That's so ageism. The young kids write it. Yeah. Ageism. There they you should go. have gotten somebody from that time to write the jokes. That's, I told Ellen. I said that. they should have yeah. just had Bursky come in. There you go. And Bursky could have, you know, written some of the jokes <laughs> that someone stole prices. and wrote to him. Yeah. Yeah. He when he was on, he was like gas. Every time he brought up a year, he'd go gas was twenty eight cents. A carton like, of I, eggs back then. <laughs> <laughs> so then I just kept. Asking. We had him and Scheidner on together. Oh wow! Yeah, I, I got to get Scheidner on by himself because Bursky wouldn't, Bursky shut, wouldn't up. shut up. Even though I love, you know, Bursky. I was the youngest to ever. Yeah, we know Bursky. You said it eight times in an he hour. He threatened to beat up Rick. It was great. Well, the best way to tell whether anybody's really in show business is you say, "Do you know Alan Bursky?" If they go, "You know," you go, "Okay, then you, you know nothing. <laughs> you, you know nothing. <laughs> You're a nobody then." 
God, he drove Everybody's me crazy. Everybody's got Alan Bursky stories. <laughs> Everybody has a Bursky story. It's true. He drove me nuts. God, he's so funny. I've known him since, uh, you know, since his parents worked here. Yeah, his bet. that's right. Herman his mom and, and dad both. Yeah. He told all those stories yep. on the podcast, and then he told us how much gas was. Yep. <laughs> and then and then when we worked, uh, Sammy Shore was at his 90th birthday. Yeah. He had a 90th birthday party in, uh, like, like maybe a year and a half ago or something, and so Paulie booked a show for his dad's birthday party, and <laughs> there's like three or four comics on there who kind of have something to do with the comedy store at least, and kind then of. two or three comics who are just named comics that Paulie thought would sell tickets, I guess. So it's just this real weird clusterfuck of a show, and uh, pretty terrible. And I was supposed to be next, and Paulie's like, "Dude, I'm putting Bursky up." I'm like, what? <laughs> I'm getting bumped for Bursky? <laughs> So then Bursky goes up there and just tells some stories, every one of them, you know. And this is about the time I became the youngest person to ever do comedy on The Tonight Show. And Rob's like, shut up, Bursky. I actually saw that when it happened. I mean, really? He live. was like 17, right? Yeah. 16 well, you know, something. when I grew up, as I was growing up, my parents, if we were already in bed, if there was a comic on TV, they would say, okay, there's a comedian on. You can come down and watch this, but then you have to go right back to bed if you're still awake. I'm awake. I'm awake. And my sister and I or my brother would go down. We got to watch the comic. It didn't matter what show. If a comic was on, my dad got let to us watch come. it. I'll, wow. I got to tell you a funny story about my dad. He's no longer with us, but Sorry to hear. A, f- a few years ago, he had a stroke. And he was in a coma for six weeks. And he was at the ICU at UCLA, and they said it was the worst brain hemorrhage I'd ever seen. I mean, he was just bleeding blood from his brain for six. They said if he ever comes to expect a vegetable, he won't know who you are. He won't know how to talk. He won't know how to read. Jesus. So after six weeks, he kind of opened. And, and they're saying things like, you know, if he doesn't, things don't change in a couple of days, let's talk about. Right? Yeah. The process, and we'd always go. You know, we just we, we just said to him, if you can hear us move something, and his finger move, they go. Every family sees that finger move, okay. right? After six weeks, he he opens his eyes, and for about a day, it looks like a computer's rebooting. And the second day, he kind of looks kind of like he's got his senses about him, or there might, might be. And we don't know whether he's in pain. We don't know whether right. we don't know whether when we talk it's going to sound like Charlie Brown's parents just wah, 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 wah. right. This is six weeks coming out of a coma. My sister says to my dad, "Dad, are you comfortable?" And my dad goes, "Eh, I make a nice living." <sighs> coming out of a six-week coma, <laughs> turned on the TV. He could read the CNN stuff. Oh my God! So he still, at, you know, all his muscles had atrophied. But as far as oh, and wow. he did have a little problem with time, like. He thought his parents might still be alive. Got it. And if you're watching a movie, like we were watching Mutiny on the Bounty, by the middle of the movie, we were on the boat. You oh, know, okay. so like, is your mother and and, and and your brother on the boat? Is everybody safe? Right. But wow. this was coming out of a, joking, coming out of a six-week. I love that house. you're like, I got to tell a funny story. And then you start with this. <laughs> I was like, "Oh my god!" Right? How's this going to get funny? Yeah, where's, where's the funny? I'm uh, I'm nervous right now. Our listeners my are probably like, "Oh yeah." 
This that's, is that's not the good. <laughs> and you're trying to tell me that th- that show isn't dark enough. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Funny story about my father's coma. What? <laughs> Worst brain hemorrhage. Oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> wait, it gets funnier. Yeah, no, it's hilarious. <laughs> you got to wait for the punchline, kid. Um, yeah, that's amazing. Oh, my God. Yeah. You were telling about, you were going to tell about shitting on Bursky, I think. Oh, right. So, finish uh, that. So, <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I didn't know I interrupted. Oh, no, no, no. no, no. You, it's just a. The, the, the end of the, the story is, it's very quick. It's just, Bursky goes up and rambles for like 10 minutes. And most of the crowd is, has no idea who Sammy Shore is. They came because Anthony Jezelnik was on the lineup. <laughs> So it's like these young millennials. Who, who doesn't even s- know Mitzi or yeah. Sammy, by the way. It's just a bunch of millennials in the crowd who want to see this like really dark, kind of fucked up, twisted comedian. So they're wondering, like, why, why is this guy up here just talking about something we don't know in the 70s and stuff? So then I went up. I was just like, I can't believe I just got fucking bumped for Bursky. He's up here with that stupid fucking toupee on his head. <gasps> and I just see Bursky's fucking little penguin body <laughs> spinning around all furious. <laughs> And he comes up to me and he's like, oh, what was that about? What? I don't even understand. I don't, I don't even know who you are. And I'm like, dude, you just did my podcast <laughs> like a month and a half ago. Oh, oh, no. Yeah, no, I did know that. Like, you just said you didn't know who I was. What are you talking about? And then I made fun of Argus, too. And Argus walked, well, I should have known. I said, oh, hey, Argus, I didn't realize you were here. He's like, I heard you say my name, and I just turned around. And he said, but it was, it, it was worth it for when I saw you roasting Bursky. <laughs> I was like, eh, what are you going to do? Sometimes you got to upset Bursky. That's the way it's I look at it. It's always fun to piss off Bursky. Um, all right, so... Thank you so much. I don't much. think I've ever pissed off Alan Bursky. So well, I we're going to... Yeah, something to strive you, for. Wait a minute. Really? You've never? I've always had a good relationship with Alan. Yeah. Oh, I could torture Bursky. But he would torture me when I was waiting Oh, I've seen people here. torture yeah, him. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I've okay. seen people hit him. <laughs> I just haven't been the guy that did it. Yeah. Okay. You're a nice guy. That's why. There's always tomorrow. That's how I look at it. <laughs> yeah, Ms. we Bursky. can go to his house. I'll do it. I'll come with you. I know where he lives. Do you? Yeah. Wow. We'll go Very find him. Very excited. I love Bursky. He's a good guy. I mean, we fuck with him, but he's a he. he I like. Him. He's a classic. Yeah, he's a Bursky. He's a classic. Classic. <laughs> I do love his story about how he bought some jokes to tell from a comic, and then someone came up to him and they're like, "Hey, man, you're doing so and so's jokes," and then he realized that this other guy had sold him someone else's <laughs> material. <laughs> Poor Bursky. Classic Bursky. He's the best. <laughs> he threatened to kill Rick on the podcast. It was yeah. great. We had a great time with it. Yeah. It was fun. He was going to hit you with the microphone. That's when we had microphones on the on table. Stands, yeah. And he's had a lot of career. I mean, he's been a magician. Huge. He's yeah. been a booker. He's been a manager. Isn't he? Yeah, I remember um, <laughs> meeting with him when he was a manager or an agent. With Steve Bender? Somewhere. It was in the Valley. Uh, I think he was an agent at this point. Okay. He's like, where's your uh, where's your press? And I'm like, what? What year is it for you, Bursky? <laughs> press. Where's your press? Do you have connections to the Kansas City Star? The <laughs> and I Tulsa, wasn't a Oklahoma? comic. Yeah, I was a, a, just an actress at that point. So I was still waiting tables here. So now it's, you know, I just laugh at him. But he has had a million hats. That's why he wears a wig. Fucking Bursky. <laughs> it's his new hat. I'll fight him right now. <laughs> now I'm getting all riled up just singing a burst. We'll go to his house. Let's do it. On the way home, we'll just go fight. Ring the doorbell. You think we'll answer? Probably will. <laughs> Who the fuck is that? Just yelling. Gas man. 
26 cents is what you owe. Tell them gas went up to five dollars. <laughs> uh, all right, well, I'm we not can... mad enough to hit him, I, I, but I would tickle him. <laughs> a, I, we could, we could tickle him. <laughs> we, we're gonna get five million hits for this video. <laughs> Are you more of a tickler than a hitter? Good for you. Yeah, I'm a hitter. Baby I'm a street man, fighter. Hitter? yeah. Baby That's man, that's a California Bursky. thing. Yeah, nice. Well, I mean, I'll hit. I mean, if I'm in, you know, I box and stuff. I mean, I'm not okay. like opposed to hitting. Right. Okay, I like this. I like where it's getting. I'm telling Baby Man Tickles Bursky is going to get <laughs> five million hits on YouTube. Easy. That's a great web webisode or whatever you want to call it. Baby yeah. Man and Bursky. Oh, maybe we I should have Baby, Baby Man, man and Power Bursky. should be he's like an industrial tickler. <laughs> <laughs> industrial strength tickler. He goes after Bursky only. Come on, man. You know I'm tickling. <laughs> oh, be beautiful. Well, if you would take a picture of him opening the door and me and my diapers. I will. The reaction. I'll, I'll film the whole thing. <laughs> this is so good. Rick will be there. He'll be the DP. We'll have a good time. <laughs> well, I'm back down to diaper weight, so I'm ready to. I'm excited to pack about that. Again. I'm proud of you, too. I'll, I'm <laughs> not changing your diaper, but I'm glad you're wearing it. Um, all right, we better wrap this up. I don't know what we're at. Yeah, but, we're at an uh, hour and a 35. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, we'll whittle we, it down to seven minutes. No, nah, we'll whittle <laughs> We just keep the best yeah, 45 it seconds. Yeah. It's a little snip. It's all It's real quick. For. But it's a power 45. <laughs> yeah. People don't have the attention span other, other, over 45 seconds. So You're right. And generations have shrunk. Where oh, it used yeah. to be, that's like four years. Yeah. Nobody knows what happened four years ago. No. Uh, well, now every, everyone's attention span is just as long as it's trending on Twitter. So. That's so 10 minutes ago. Every time someone's like, oh, my God, you just offended a lot of people. I'm like, yeah, wait 10 minutes. They won't remember. There's something else that will offend them by that oh, point. Oh, yeah. They're selling cheese at the store. I'm vegan. I'm vegan. <laughs> Make me a sign. Oh, forget So it. angry. I'm going to go get coffee. Yeah. Chai tea. Chai tea. Okay, that's better. Uh, um, thank you for being on, Bruce. Thank you so much. It. Very fascinating. Thank you. Check out um, you, all your stuff, Bruce. I, I forgot it again. Check laugharoo.com. No, brucebomb.com, but laugharoo was the one. That's was, the video. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's the video. And at brucebomb.com, you can also see my video. Do you have, of you have, you're on Facebook and all that yes, stuff, too, just as Bruce Baum. Just as Bruce Baum. Because some people do the real Bruce Baum. Some no. people do the real, you know, the comedy Bruce Baum. I don't know. I have to do that if if another Bruce Bomb comes along first. That's true. Then, then I'm That's the real true. one. That's right. If I'm the first one. Yep. And check out his dates, too. You got some dates coming up. Um, got some dates. Yeah. Ruth Chris. It's killer. Wiltern. Uh, the Wiltern is July 28th. Is that what you said? The Wiltern is 21st. the 21st. And July 28th, I'll be at the San Leandro Performing Arts Center. I knew there was a 28th Performing lots of different arts. I'm very proud. <laughs> the seven deadly arts, I believe it was promised. Seven deadly arts. Uh, yeah, I'm going on the road with Dice. We're, we start July 29th. Uh, Mount Airy Casino and um, check his website for the dates. We go all the way to Atlantic City I July love. 14th. You he, don't have to. Just the listeners And he do. spoke very highly of you. He better. I'll knock him out. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. He's one of my best friends. He did that without me saying he better. Aw, see? That's a, you didn't even have to tickle him or anything. No, and I wanted to. I, I don't, that's another one we're going to film. Tickling you dice. You tickling dice great. in your diaper. Uh, <laughs> and then July uh, 17th, um, headlining at Laugh Factory in Reno. 
Oh, good. So check out those dates. And then Ricky is going to be here. The uh, world yeah, I'll be, I'll be at the Comedy Store in Hollywood. Killing the Mecca. It. You'll be in Mecca. I will be at Mecca. At the Comedy Mecca while everybody else is See? traversing the uh, world. All these losers yeah. are out making a living. I'll be I here. I call it making a living, but I'm on the road. Oh, fair <laughs> enough. Yeah, uh, I'm here. Come come see a show. Come tell me you like the podcast. I'll still insult you. Yeah. Bursky, we're coming for you. Yes. Don't forget to subscribe and rate us. And uh, Josh, do you have dates you want to promote? In September. I don't know what dates, but I'll be in New York. But uh, I do the Civilianization Podcast. It's for vets by vets here at the World Famous Comedy Store in um, Polly's mom's basement. That's there you go. Very cool. Nice. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you guys for listening. Thanks.